Hey, Walter, such an honor to have you here. Thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, it's an honor, Depeck. I appreciate it. I'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. The first question I have for you is, do you get energized by policy or politics? That's uh, a very good question. Um, actually, I get energized by politics first because politics is how I got into the uh, government uh, relations industry, then policy. Hmm. And would you like to a little bit expand on how did you get into politics? Uh, sure. Um, I was... Um, I just graduated from Alcorn State University in Lorman, Mississippi. And um, my father and my uncle wanted me to volunteer for a family friend that was entering uh, a congressional race. He was a, a local elected official and decided to run for Congress. And he needed volunteer staff and I just got out of school. And so my dad, like I said, my dad and my uncle just, um, coerced me, <laughs> but just strongly encouraged for me to uh, get involved. And uh, once I got involved, I started, you know, I figured I figured that, hey, you know, I'm in it. Maybe I can get some, um, maybe I can network and get some interviews from some of the donors or contributors to the campaign. And it turned into a career uh, 30 odd years later. So, um, it's been great. It's, I just kind of kind of caught the bug in the campaign aspect of it. You know, we were going for rallies and fundraisers and, you know, just uh, getting to meet people and understanding the importance of, of the voting process, getting people registered to vote, uh, debates, doing commercials, just the whole aspect of the campaign part. And then when he won, getting into his uh, congressional office and then starting to deal with policy to kind of connect that with the people that we were uh, what, that we were reaching out to during the campaign, trying to see how best we can help them as far as policies to help their lives better. The uh, individual that I volunteered for is still in Congress. Uh, uh, Congressman Benny G. Thompson out of the uh, Second District of Mississippi, who was uh, He's the ranking member of the Homeland Security Committee uh, now, but he was chair of the Homeland Security Committee as well as chair of the uh, January 6th Committee. So very uh, happy to see his progression through Congress and uh, feel that I was a part, a little part of that. <laughs> nice. So I usually ask the question, um, you know, what would you do if you were the governor for uh, five days? But I'm going to just up the game a little bit. I would ask you if you were the president of the United States for, let's say, a few days, what wow. would you do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh, that is a uh, that's that's a very interesting question. Wow, for five days, ooh, I um, where would I start? I mean, there's so many things, and you know, it's one. I would really like to see sort of a compromise initially with the uh, with the student loan situation. Um, I appreciate the initiative President Biden has done going forward with it. Um, I, and I also understand the pushback from it. I mean, I think to be, um, to be good with government relations, you gotta understand both sides. 
You can't just be one side with here and one side with that. Um, however, if I was president, we're talking about my administration, <laughs> I would really try to uh, push with that. That would be one. And also just to make sure that we have, um, I think it's also important for a president to increase business opportunities for the country because business opportunities equals jobs. So we got to find that, you know, to find that common ground with that to increase, to increase that because nothing is more important than a person earning an honest day's work, you know, to take care of their families, take care of themselves. And one thing to do that is to increase businesses to come in and, you know, to, to, to generate jobs because generate jobs, you can spend money. The economy gets better, you know, and, it, it, you, uh, and you're able to live prosperous. So uh, those are two things that I would definitely focus on if I can uh, if I can get through the five days with that and uh, really kind of try to rearrange the culture of politics. Lately, we've gotten a a bad, you know, kind of a bad view of what politics are, you know, and name calling and stuff like that. It didn't used to be like that, you know, and uh, and I think lately over the last few years, you know, with social, I mean, I don't want to sound like the get off the lawn guy or get off my lawn guy, but, you know, it's just, just the way that we interact with each other. I think it was social media has kind of caused the, you know, the, the name calling and this, you know, that's just, that's not that's not needed. You know what I mean? I mean, and I know that um, everything is news is instant now, 24-7, right then and there with social media. But just to kind of shift the culture or something to be more respectful. I mean, it used to be where you had you could have a difference of opinion and not just be so aggressive where everybody in the country can see it. I mean, you know, because like sometimes, you know, if you'll see arguments on the house floor or what have you, it's like, it should be a little bit more decorum with all of that. You know, if you notice on the Senate side, they don't do that because they still kind of hold dear the basic procedures on how to do policy. Same thing can be done in the house. I mean, you just got to have a little more, it's, 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 it's doable, you know what I mean? But I think we got to make sure that you know, you know, when we elect these individuals to get into Congress, that they conduct themselves uh, in, 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 a, in a professional manner. Excuse me. <clears throat> As president, I would at least try to uh, and uh, get them to embrace that type of concept because it can be done, and just just really would want them to get back to it. Because, and I guess for me being a former congressional aide, it's just what I viewed and what I would like to see again, because I don't see that now. Hmm. Good answer. So um, if, um, you know, lobbying, like I was saying, is, is an often misunderstood profession. So if you had the opportunity to um, describe the role of a lobbyist um, in the community, how would you describe it? In the community? Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, your lobbyists is they bridge gaps. You know, uh, and a lobbyist, a good lobbyist also educates. 
you know, and listens. And, and, I, and I say those three things because for one, it's all about networking, first and foremost, okay? And understanding your client, who you represent, understanding the needs of your client and what you have to do to connect them with that elected official or that, com or that uh, community, have you, just to um, understand understand the two. So you're bridging that gap and also to educate that elected official on your issues. Because sometimes the elected official might not be knowledgeable of, of your issues. And you don't necessarily want them to um, resort to voting party line on some things. You may need that elected official to kind of really understand this, um, this industry and uh, you, I'm sorry, you really want that elected official to understand that your client is very important to your constituency and their industry and, and the connection so they can look, past, look beyond party lines and really vote their district and vote their constituency. And I think that's the, that's the key for to an effective lobbyist is really just bridging that gap, educating them, and also listening because you can't you can't be effective with anything without listening. You know, so I think those three things are very important because it all moves to the success of that lobbyist. And one thing that I've learned through my years is that when an elected official likes you just genuinely, that makes it a whole lot better. You know, that makes it a whole lot better because, like I said earlier, when you asked me about it with the presidential question, you can really agree to disagree. There's nothing wrong. With it. You know, you can leave and still be friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't have to just leave just on such a bad note. Like, oh, I don't want to talk to him anymore or whatever. You just, well, we just didn't agree that last time. I have several. Um, I know several elected officials at, um, in, in the Capitol uh, and down to, during session, you know, and then. We've had discussions and they know, okay, we're gonna be on this issue, on this side of the issue, they're on that side of the issue. That doesn't mean I can't come back to them again on something else. We're just not together on this, but we're still friends and we can still talk and that's what it's all about. I'm gonna change the gear a little bit for you. Um, what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie? It is, it's funny you ask me that because it's, um, I want to say the name of it is The City. It's with Al Pacino and John Cusack. So I think I'm saying that name correctly. I believe it's The City, but he was the, um, Pacino was the mayor of New York City. And I pretty much, I'm an Al Pacino fan, but that's like one of my favorites, uh, The City. And uh, also, <laughs> this is totally other, uh, on the other side of the spectrum. I love Beverly Hills Cop. That's like, <laughs> that's one of the first movies that I went to go, I went to go see by myself 
uh, when I was a kid, went to the movies and saw it. Like that was, you know, that was the best. <laughs> <laughs> was that Eddie Murphy? Then? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 that's a real good one. Yeah, and I love Al Pacino too. So I'll go and check out the city. I've never saw saw the movie. Yeah, I want to say, and I, I believe that's the name of it. I wanna, I wanna say it is. Uh, and I was thinking about it. It's funny. It's funny you said it because I was I was looking at uh oh. City Hall, that's the name. Of it. Okay. City Hall, okay, that's the name of it. Uh, uh, and a friend of mine asked me that uh, the other day. That's what's so funny. You said that. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any role models in your life? Um, I do. Um, my father, who passed in 2019, uh, was my role model uh, in a sense because he was he was just really. He was, he was everything that I truly needed in a male role model. He wasn't so much, he didn't have so much of an ego that he wasn't, he was secure. He wasn't afraid to expose me to other people or to other influences. He welcomed that to help improve me. And he always wanted me to do it better than he did and challenged me to do it. And when we got, when I got older, he, we became more friends than father and son. So I always kind of just wanted to pattern my life to be like him, to be respected like him. And, you know, the stories that I've heard people say about my father, that's what I want them to say about me. And I try to try to mimic that with my son as best as best of my ability so yeah my dad that's my role model nice who was the most famous person you met wow <laughs> um at the time it was president clinton then president obama um those two, I would say, like be like the most famous, uh, you know, as far as in the political realm. I've met a few actors. One of the advantages of working here at the airport, you really meet a lot of people, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I met a lot of people. So, but those two, and I met uh, Muhammad Ali as well. So I would say those three, they're kind of like on my top. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. Do you have any pictures with all of them? Uh, don't have one. Well, actually, when I met Clinton, that was years ago. The phones really wasn't just popping in half and pop up, do a selfie and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, when I met, he, when I met uh, President Clinton as well as uh, Muhammad Ali, I do have a, uh, a picture of when I met uh, President Obama, but that said, and my parents' home, and, and I just sent it to my mom. Yeah, that's nice. That's awesome. Um, what is the biggest challenge about your job? Going back to what I said earlier, Deepak, is about the um, edu educating the the the, uh, the individuals or group that about an issue uh, related to your client. And for me, that's uh, the airport. So sometimes the challenge is also trying to get 
the other side to understand the business of the airport and why we do the things we do, how we operate the way we operate, getting them to understand that without and trying to do away with whatever preconceived notions they may have of the airport and trying to get to tear down that wall and to open their eyes to, hey, this is this is how we really are. This is how we operate. So a lot of times I invite elected officials to come out on a tour of the airport. This is, you know, we're open book. This is how we operate. This is what we do. It's no, you know, this is no, this is very transparent. So it's like, and also because um, I was a congressional staffer, another thing that I also do is I, um, in the month, during the month of August, I invite congressional staffers from our Georgia delegation to come down for, you know, I ask them, just give me a day. Give me a day. I want to take you around. I want to take you on an airfield tour. I want to introduce you to some of our senior leadership. I'm going to take you up in the tower. I'm going to really just force feed Harshville Jackson Atlanta International Airport to you. Because for one, I want you to know about the airport when you get any call from me. <laughs> I want you to understand this is the airport and, 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 and what our issues are. But I also want you to really take ownership and be proud of the airport. We're the busiest and most efficient airport in the world. That's incredible. And a lot of things, you know, and um, sometimes I have to stop and realize that, you know, I'm working for an entity as prestigious as that in aviation that we're at the top. So I want to impress that with our elected officials and staffers on all levels, that's local, state, and federal, just to kind of get them to understand that, you know, this is who we are and we are a benefit to the area. And, you know, like I said, just kind of do away with preconceived notions of some individuals out there so they can understand better just how we do things. Mm -hmm. So going a little bit back into your past, um, can you talk a little bit about where did you grow up and did you have, uh, you, you did mention like, you know, had interest in politics. So can you just walk us through how was your childhood like and, you know, what sparked your interest into government sure. relations? Sure. Well, um, I was born in uh, Chicago, Illinois. Um, both of my parents were Chicago public school teachers. So early on, I understood politics at an early age because my parents were both Chicago public school teachers and they were part of the Chicago Teachers Union, which is one of the most powerful unions in the country. I mean, anytime Chicago public school teachers threaten a strike, everybody listen. <laughs> There's way too many kids out of school, you know what I mean? <laughs> but they were very politically active. And um, I remember um, growing up when uh, Harold Washington was running for mayor of Chicago and how passionate they were in that, um, in that camp, in that election, because he went on to be the first uh, black mayor of the city of Chicago. And uh, from there, my parents retired, both parents retired, and we moved to my dad's hometown in Mississippi, in Bolton, Mississippi. Uh, like I said, I was around about 15 years old. And during that time, my dad was still very, 
politically active in the community and with helping individuals get elected and so forth. And so um, it was always a part of me, but I was never really just truly, truly into it until I graduated from college. And like I said, my my dad got me involved with a family friend, uh, Congressman Thompson, who was running it initially for the first time for Congress. So when he got me involved then, it was on the campaign side. And like I said, that was just, it really, you know, it's almost something like you never really, it's, it, it, it's kind of hard to explain sometimes, but it's like realizing that you were made for something and it was and it's kind of like by chance because I didn't go to college for it and that was an aspiration of mine growing up or what have you you know but getting involved in it and initially on the campaign side you get that rush of getting your you know making sure your guy won you know going to campaign rallies and fundraisers and getting out the vote and the the anxiety, anticipation, and, you know, wanting to win and never wanting to lose, of course. But, you know, that just kind of bit me. And then after that, switching over to, like you said earlier, the policy side. So now, you know, we're trying to uh, make sure we produce great, good government uh, to the constituency. And um, so, yeah, that was, that's kind of, that's kind of how it all started, but it, I had, I learned to, it was, like I said, it was by chance, but this is truly, I don't think I could have done anything else, to be honest. I really don't. And I'm very grateful for it. Mm. And what was your college degree in and where was it? I, uh, like I said, I went to Alcorn State University and I made I had a, a, a business administration. Mm. And did you feel that um, that degree helped you? in who you are today? The degree and also the institution, um, the college that I went to molded me uh, and really helped me understand how to network, how to uh, create relationships from scratch and to strengthen them along the way. Um, and initially I wanted to be, I wanted to be a stockbroker or a sports agent. <laughs> I said I wanted to do one of the two. Uh really did. Um and like I said, came out of school and got right into politics. So um go figure, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, but no, it it um you know, you know, as, as with any college degree and, and, and college experience, it kind of gives you that foundation, you know what I mean? It really just kind of helps you um go further and like take on some things because I even did something I never thought I would do um, later on in life. I was um, a part-time or adjunct professor at Clayton State University. I love doing it. I didn't think that I would, but it really um, helped me better at what I do in, at, you know, my nine to five as uh, working in government relations by really explaining the political process to students and really kind of telling them my life experiences. And um, as we were going through the book, I was like, I know this, I know this. Well, let me talk about this instead of that. You know what I mean? But it was very, um, 
very uh, exciting. And uh, that's, that was a real fun time in my life when I did that. Mm. So looking back, um, would you say, um, you know, should someone who's listening to this, if they, they wanted to get into government relations, um, what do you think their first step should be? If you want to get into government relations, the first step should be, I think, is to really work, try to work for an elected official initially. Hmm. Try to try to be a, a staffer for an elected official versus being local, state, or federal. And the reason why I say that is because you get to truly understand what an elected official does and how they operate, how they govern. Okay, so it exposes you to various individuals reaching out to that elected official, you know, so you're, you're kind of like in the cat bird seat, you see everything, you, they're coming and you see those government relations professionals coming to the elected official, talking about various subjects, and trying to uh, create a connection between their client and that elected official. So you can you can witness different techniques that they use to try to do it. And you can tell what works and what doesn't work because you're sitting there with that elected official. And what you know, you can look at your you look at you can look at the member. I mean, you look at the elected official, and you can see, okay, what is gay, what's gauging his interest? How why does he like that one so much versus this one? Maybe it's their approach. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, they're giving substance to their conversation and different things like that. So me personally, and I, that's the way I came through it, but I, I think that's the best way to go because with government relations, I mean, if you're, if you, if you're, you're soliciting support from elected officials, so it's like almost kind of like, you know, people say, you know, uh, uh, a, a criminal makes the best cop because he was on both, you know, on one side, and, you know, he's on the other one. Not to say that we're criminals. I don't want to say that. But, you know, it just helps you better understand, better understand everything. So that's the, um, that's what I got out of it. And um, I always tell people, uh, we got interns here now that are interning with us. And um, I always tell my interns every year, I was like, try to get an internship on Capitol Hill. It's like the Harvard of politics. You don't want to be anywhere else. I mean, you want, it, you want to get your feet wet up there. If it's for a semester, for a year or two, or what have you, try your best to get an internship in DC. Mm. Good, good advice. Um, so now that you are um, running the ship for the government affairs at the airport, what is the most favorite issue you worked on? Hmm. I'd say a grouping of things as far as with the airport. And if I could go back a little bit, Deepak, I want to talk about my time when I uh, was legislative administrator for Fulton County government, which was kind of roughly the same thing as far as government relations. But as far as with the airport, um, lobbying to get different, getting inf infrastructure developed here at the airport. That's like the most rewarding deal for me because I truly feel engaged with the whole 
with everybody at the airport from the general manager all the way down to the maintenance crew because you're you're seeing a project from its infancy stages and the planning of it what's what it's going to do what it's going to bring the jobs it's going to create the more passengers will come in the flights and so forth for instance um the uh Maine jackson international terminal i was here from start to finish for that so to see them dig a shovel in the ground to what it is now and to help getting federal funds for it and to see the jobs that it created and like i said it's just so impressive so impressive and i feel that way every time we have a project that we're getting off the ground and when it's completed and then we see how successful it is i mean all those things led to they lead to the fact of us being the busiest and most efficient airport in the world for four, 12 to 14 years running I mean, so that's like, that's the rush, you know, that is, that's, that, that, what, that's what gets me the most. Um, and just dating, uh, I mentioned back with Fulton County, uh, when I moved from DC, I uh, got a job, uh, my first job here in Atlanta uh, was with Fulton County as their uh, legislative administrator. In layman's terms, I was just their lobbyist, I was their federal lobbyist. And uh, I was, Looking at, uh, at the time, the courthouse, uh, the deputy for the courthouse, he asked me to uh, be on their task force to get federal funding for security for the courthouse. And we walked through and there was a lot of things that were needed to be upgraded at the time. And um, he told me, he said, we got to get something done because, you know, something uh, and we got to get something done before something terrible happens. And uh, I remember putting together my, uh, putting together a booklet. I was getting ready to go to DC to talk to uh, some elected officials about funding for security of it and everything like that. And that weekend, unfortunately, I was at, I was, I believe it was Senator, I remember the Senator, I think it was Senator Chambliss, or maybe Isaacson. I was in their office, was looking on TV, and unfortunately, that's when uh, Brian Nichols hit the courthouse shootings in, in Fulton County and killed, unfortunately killed the deputy that uh, he and I were very uh, close with, talking with as far as uh, getting funding for the uh, courthouse. A tragic moment, however, um, but it really helped to start getting money for improved security at the courthouse. And, um, I hate that uh, deputy lost his life and several others did that day. However, it was rewarding to get the funding that was needed to secure the, the courthouse funding, so yeah. So looking towards the future, um, this last segment is open to you. So do you wanna talk anything about your future, um, your organization, you'd like to talk anything about your organization, um, anything goes here? Well, um... You know, the, the great thing, and I, I tell this to a lot of uh, interns that come to me, um, I still want to see what's out there for myself. You know, I love what I do here, but I definitely want to make sure I take advantage of any opportunity. Um, I don't, I, I never want to get to, I, I never want to have a feeling that I'm reaching my, I'm bumping my head. You know what I mean? I want to, 
I never want to get in that in that box. I want to continue to grow, and whatever that entails, I want to go after it. Um, a lot of times, you know, you, th- you know, you want to go into you think about going in the private sector, obviously going on, you know, because I've been in the, on the public side of things for a long time. So that's an interest. Um, but to really see what those opportunities are, but just really continue being, continue improving on, 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 on myself and my craft, because you want to be able to say a person, you, you want to be able to have a person say your name and somebody say, oh yeah, I know Walter. He's a great guy. You should go. You should go with him, or you should work with him, or you should hire him, or you should sign him, or what have you. That's the impression that I want. So, whatever that leads me to, Deepak, I want to go there. You know, because I want to make sure that that is always a fixture when you hear my name. So, um, that in a roundabout way, that's you know, just whatever whatever the future entails for me. You know, because I hate to say, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, because. I didn't know I was going to be doing what I'm doing now. You know, you, you, you know what I mean? So if if it's not broke, don't fit, you know, not broke, don't fix it. So, you know what I mean? I'm like, hey, man, I just want to make sure that uh, I capitalize on every opportunity that's out there. Great. Walter, with that um, nice piece of advice and um, the future you want to aspire for, I'm pretty sure you would have, uh, done your father proud. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Oh, hey, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it.